Hello and welcome to the latest This is the Music Meets podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Callum Gibson, a rising solo star from Dundee in Scotland, who has just released his brand new single, Into the Dark. Callum, it's great to have you on, on the This is the Music Meets podcast. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great, especially after yesterday with with vibration and obviously with Friday with the release. So it's been it's been a crazy couple of days. Yeah, great stuff. It certainly has been um has been very busy uh for you. But before we we talk about vibrations and and obviously into the dark, um let's go right back um to like the very beginning really. So kind of like what are your earliest musical memories? Um, was there like a certain record or like a band um, that you remember hearing that, that you know kind of like really got you into got you into music and you thought yeah this is this is what I want to do? Yeah, I mean there was a few like growing up I was kind of exposed to to good music, but I'm not like one of those people that say oh, I heard this song when I was six or something like that. Yeah, yeah. For me, I got to when I must have been like twelve, thirteen, and I started actually listening to more of the music that my stepdad was listening to. Um, it's like a wide mix of everything. You've got everything from Led Zeppelin to the Charlatans to Marillion. So I was oh, kind wow. of exposed to those bands. But my sort of thing that got me inspired to do music was when I first listened to Oasis and Stone Roses, and I was fourteen. And I was just I just remember being blown away when I heard Live Forever, and <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's something I want to do. And what actually got me on to getting into music was obviously not only listening to that, but where I live is a little bit in the countryside. So all my friends live 15, 20 minutes away, and it was very difficult to get down there with the bus or try to get mm-hmm. my mum to give me a lift or my stepdad to give me a lift down. <laughs> so the only thing that was there was my stepdad's guitar, and it had really been played. So decided one day just to pick it up and see how we got on, and yeah, all of a sudden here we are, you know. Oh, wow. Well, that's a great backstory there with... Uh... With the just you know just deciding just to pick it up and um and go for it really, so so sort of based on that then I'm guessing sort of that your um from like your three like maybe your three top albums of all time I'm guessing that you're going to be looking at, at maybe something around sort of like the Oasis sort of Stone Rosy sort of type sort of maybe era sort of sound type thing would that be fair to say? Well, actually, top three albums. Now that you're asking, um, they're actually more centered towards solo artists rather than yeah. bands, and I guess that kind of came along the way. Like, I mean, if you'd asked me that question maybe five, six years ago, I would have said definitely maybe number one, and then Arctic Monkeys, you know, whatever yeah. people say, and that's why not number two. But now, because obviously, I can appreciate that more being a solo artist myself. The artists like Sam Fender, Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley is my number one favorite. Grace by Jeff Buckley is my number one favorite album. Mm-hmm. L.A. Smith, Either Or at number two. And then I'd probably say Sam Fender's latest album at number three. And then you've got Oasis within that top ten. You know, yeah, I'm not going to tell you forever about it, but <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of... I've, I've noticed over the years going more from bands to solo artists than anything else. So, you know, like got into the view when I was sixteen. Obviously, local band and you know a band that I admire and I've seen you know do bits for Dundee music scene over the years. The few Arctic Monkeys, and then I've just trans like just kept going on to start listening to sort of more soul artists and yeah, it's all over the place. My music taste, it's great. I love it. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, there's a great um, there's a great mix in there, and I think that sort of um, 
I think that sort of really supports, you know, sort of like the music, obviously, that we're, we're both into. is obviously similar taste there. And I think that, that just sort of, some, you know, summarise it up quite well, really, for me. Um, so, obviously, as we mentioned there in the intro, uh, your new single, Into the Dark, uh, came out on Friday. And it's, it's a fantastic tune. And, and for sort of like, for me, it's got a bit of a, a Jerry Cinnamon um, kind of like vibe about it. Um, obviously, the reaction across social media has been has been fantastic. So I'm guessing that you must be, you know, really pleased with with that reaction. I'm delighted, absolutely delighted with how everyone has received it. I mean, especially yourself, and say a big massive thank you to you for for having it on your channel and obviously doing the podcast today. But it's been totally, I'd say, unexpected. Um, certainly so early before it even been released. You know, I'd had radio play in America before it even put the song out, and then yeah. I'd had. No, when you shared it on the the Twitter feed the last week and had those two guys going absolutely mental, big shout yeah, by the way. Yeah, but seeing yeah. them was like Jesus, and then they got Blether involved, my pals. So it was it was a win win situation. But yeah. no, the reception's been amazing, and I took a little bit of a risk with this song because it was a little bit more different than what I'd done. But then mm -hmm. I reminded myself that all of my songs so far have been different. I mean, Summer's a basic acoustic track. Hang in the Sky is a little bit more heavier, um, you know, more alternative. And then see your understandings more stripped back. Yeah. And then this one, um, I mean, the whole Jerry Cinnamon comparison is totally... It, I can see where it's coming from, but it wasn't sort of scripted or anything like that. It yeah. was literally... I mean, how I wrote the song, I just sat in my living room. Parents were away, so I had a house to myself. <laughs> sat in the living room, got the guitar out, and just started singing the opening lines. Do you ever get the feeling? Do you hear the sound? And then just came from there the chords i tried with the different strumming pattern but the only way it sounded right was with the percussive strumming and obviously that's a technique that jamie webster and jerry cinnamon both use yeah yeah a handful of other artists out there as well that use it but it just sounded right for me and then from there played it in glasgow and this is quite crazy a good story i like to tell about this song the working title was warren light because the the last line on the chorus is when the warren light comes again yeah so i played it in glasgow um, my debut Glasgow show and the crowd reaction when it was still a very raw song was pretty good so I was like right let's get it recorded hit my producer up we recorded it and then since then everybody's loved it yeah perfect and I mean for, for, as well um, obviously just, just mentioning the Jerry Cinnamon um, sort of comparison there is is he someone that you do listen to anyway like is, is he an influence of you or is it just just sort of because I mean, it sounds like it kind of like yeah. sort of just fell, you know, yeah. type thing. It's a huge influence. I mean, especially when you look at what he does, not only just with the music he puts out. Um, you know, I've I've got the Bonnie on vinyl and I listen to it all the time. Yeah, but for what he does for Scottish artists, and the fact he's done it all himself, um, mm. is quite a quite an inspiring one for me. I'm not gonna rule out, you know, if I get management or get labels and stuff like that, but you know, the fact that he can show artists like myself that it can be done on your own. I mean, he's went from playing, he was playing, um, played the Prior in Glasgow a few times and he played a few gigs through in Danoon, you know, very, very small venues. And yeah. he's now just, he just almost sold it. And I think they were going to sell out, but there were train strikes and that kind of ruined it. Right. But yeah. the fact he yeah. can go from that is a beacon of light for any Scottish musician, not just if you're signed to a label or not. It's, it's one of those things that, it can be done. There's people out there that are doing it. I'm sure Jamie Webster's in the boat as well. And he's he just announced he was playing Cavern Club. So 
it's it's crazy, you know. But yeah, he's definitely a huge inspiration to me, you know, not just only with the music he puts out and that sort of influence, but even as an artist, you know, you get to see him, you know, do those gigs that he's doing. And as as I say, it's proof that those things can be done on your own. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, it sounds like there from what you're saying. Obviously, Jerry's had a great influence on you, and and obviously, as you were saying there, I think the um, it is quite inspirational, really, not just for obviously Scottish artists like yourself, but I think like in you know across England, Wales, and and, and Wales as well. Um, I mean, I remember seeing him. Uh, where was it? The Neighbourhood Festival uh, up in uh, Warrington, and just how he got. He was only on the tent, so it was like, I don't think his first album would come out then. I don't think, um, but how he had the crowd working and like in the palm of his hand they were hanging on to everything that he was singing as you say he's he's i think you know amazing and and totally um you know understandable why he's he's got to the stage and obviously sold out hamden park etc so yeah it's great to see him say to him doing really really well um but anyway that's, that's enough about him um, so what can you um kind of like tell us about the track um into the dark like where did you record it, um, and was and was the actual recording process, you know, fairly quick for you? Very quick. Um, I mean, with with regards to writing songs, I like to get in quick when I can. Um, summer was three months between writing and recording. Hang in the sky was two days. So it's just wow. It's quite. Crazy. Um, and then see, understanding was actually two years. Um, but this one. This one was 10 days. So I recorded um, at a very small studio. And so a big shout out to um, Black Waves Audio. Um, it's My producer is Ara Black. She lived in Lawrence Kirk, which is a small town um, up towards Aberdeenshire. She's now moved down to Dundee. So she's prominent in Dundee. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we just recorded, like, we would I recorded the last track with See Understanding with her as well. So we just recorded like we would usually record. Um We'd go in, we'd do guitars first, and then we would just add everything else in after that and see where it takes us. But Zara's great. I mean, she she does a lot with, you know, trying enhancing sound. So if there's little things that she hears in her head, she'll put them in. So yeah. the you know, there's like a wee break then before your friends are also see through in the new track. And that was all her ideas. And then when you hear the string intro once you understand them. Yeah. And well, every the music faded in the background. Again, that was her idea. She just added those things in. So yeah, big shout out to her. She's got some. She works with some great artists as well. She works with a guy called James Leandu, um, who is a massive influence of mine in the Dundee scene. A very good friend as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, about into the dark and what it's about. So into the dark lyrically is about those people in life that you don't necessarily like or you know they're a bit different from you so your friends are so see-through it's like they're fake you know and it's about yeah, fake people yeah. about situations and there's a lot of like going mad benders disappear for days they've got other interests besides you know being supportive of you and the spending night in molly's chambers like being with someone that isn't very nice so kind of in the same lyrical themes as what your understanding was but kind of enhanced a little bit more on yeah, that and yeah of course Try to find the word for it, you know, a little bit more mature than what your understanding was, and you know what I'm writing about. But you know, it's just like I write any other song. A lot of the lyrics are improvised, and then I just add those little bits over the top. So we we added in another line for well, two other lines for Into the Dark because we weren't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be called Into the Dark, and then that just came on the recording process. Remember recording, and I'd played over 
I think I played another line extra, another bar extra than I was meant to. But <laughs> my favour in the end, and we got we got fading away into the dark. The last lyric of the first verse, so it's good. Brilliant. And when you're um when you're in the studio, do you get quite involved in sort of like you know the the techie the techie elements of it, or are you just quite happy just to let uh Anna there just to sort of you know do her thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I get involved when I need to get involved. If I don't think someone sounds right, then I'll point it out because I know I can have that. I know I can say it to Zara and say, look, you know, if this isn't sounding the best, let's enhance it a little bit. But a lot of the time, I mean, she's got bachelors in music recording and I don't have a scooby about music recording. So wow. I just sit. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think that, you know, it's it's best. sometimes it's good not to interfere because it's, it's a wizard at work. So... <laughs> I just, I just kind of sit back, but no, there's with this song because we were able to get everything done within the one day because she has now moved to Dundee. I don't need to go all the way back up to Lawrence Kirk or anything like that, because it's just on my doorstep practically. I can just go and we can just work together on mixing it, and it, I felt more involved with the song, and I think it kind of shows. I didn't really, again, I sat back, but at the same time, I had a little bit of input about how I wanted it to sound as well. So, yeah, it's good when you work with someone that knows the sort of artist you are knows knows what you want and also wants to you know enhance your music as well because sometimes you work producers I certainly um you know a couple of songs that I'd done before you know sometimes they're just doing songs that sounds good for them and not necessarily you know for what sounds very good for you it still yeah. sounds good but when you've got someone that's more involved especially out of any of the songs that she works on, not just with myself, but with the other artists. Um, she's, as I say, she's got James Zeandu, who's away to release a new song at the end of the month that's going to be amazing. And then she's got her own band that she's part of called Life Without You. They do more post-punk as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it all benefits her as well because she's working with a different artist from what she's usually working with. Yeah, and sure. It definitely, I think it lets her be a bit more creative as well. Because it's different, so yeah, sure, and 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 just and sorry, just to mention there on um, on one of the lyrics in um, uh, into the dark. I'm guessing you're maybe a bit of a Kings of Leon fan there with the uh, the reference <laughs> to Molly's Chamber. <laughs> it's coming. Um, do you know what? I, I do listen to Kings of Leon, not particularly the early stuff, but more only by the night because that's one of my favourite albums um, by any band, really. So. Yeah. It just came to me. I just thought with female names, and then I thought Molly's Chamber. It just hit me. I was like ah, Molly's Chamber because that was Kings Leon that done that, and it'd be good <laughs> that in. But yeah, it, it was a, it was a Kings Leon reference as well. So yeah, it was. It just had to happen. <laughs> why not why not so um obviously as, as you said um at, at the beginning you obviously played the vibrate the vibrations festival uh in full kirk yesterday um obviously there was um the charlatans the zootons um the twang um that were also on the bill along with um fellow scots uh dictator as well i believe so what was what was that festival experience like for yourself absolutely crazy i mean it's the first major festival i'd be a part of and you know, it was one I'd, I'd applied for when I wasn't really getting a, a string of gigs going and just really see understanding, but there wasn't very many gigs coming in because we were still, there were still a lot of restrictions in Scotland with, yeah. with COVID. That's now gone, so let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, so I'd, and I got an offer back uh, about a month later asking if I wanted to play the acoustic stage, and I was like, absolutely. And I wasn't sure who was going to be on the bill at this point. And then I went back and checked for 2021. They had cast and the Fratellis playing. I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah. And, be a big thing and then I found out the lineup on the 1st of April when we were to announce it and 
I was just sort of like taken aback. I was sitting in my work. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. We're going <laughs> to play a festival built with the Charlatans and the Zootons and the Charlatans and my stepdad's listened to for for a number of years. And it's like, yeah. I just couldn't really get into my head that, you know, I was only playing, my, I was playing open mic nights and playing in my bedroom a year ago. And now I'm playing festival bills with the Charlatans. And it's like, where's that all come from? So, <laughs> You know, and I think the closer it got as well, when I found out who else was on the bill, um, a sadly missed dictator had to get home uh, yesterday, but I did listen to the EP, so hopefully that balances out. Um, <laughs> I managed to see Brogiel, I managed to see Jasmine Jet, really, really talented, like they're local artists from Falkirk. Um, I seen Robin Red as well, and I also seen Artisan, who I'm sharing a, a gig with in Glasgow, and they were just phenomenal. So I, I as a punter, it was amazing because I also got to see, you know, other people that hadn't actually had the chance to yeah. see. And I'd only heard music on social media mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it was good as a punter, but as a performer, it was the single most amazing thing that I'd, I'd done. Um, I mean, that's after playing Glasgow and playing church in Dundee, which was on my bucket list for a number of years, especially mm-hmm. before I, to play something like that. And the crowd I had, they were coming and going towards the end, you know, there's other artists on, it's a festival, things happen, yeah. but when we played Into the Dark, there must have been 50 to 75 people in there, I couldn't, I couldn't count to be sure, but yeah, yeah, big crowd for, for what I was expecting, and it was just, it was biblical, and then I got photos taken at the same time as well, like professional photos done, mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Stone Dead Studios here, and <laughs> when I saw the photos back, it all sort of sunk in, like, yeah, crazy this this entire music thing's been, especially this year. It's uh, it's it's overwhelming in a good way, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. I, I can hear as well, sort of how um, uh, sort of like how proud you are as well of 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 like of playing that particular gig, um, and obviously you know the the other sort of additional bits, I guess you could call them, that have sort of happened yeah. as a, as a result of of yesterday. Um, so kind of like, are they going to be? Any more gigs planned for you, sort of like across the rest of the year? I've got a lot planned across the rest of the month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rest of the month, wow. <laughs> I'm going to try and slow down a bit because I am doing quite a lot. And, you know, when it comes to people trying to come out to see you, it can be, especially with everything that's going on, it can be a bit sort of money tight for them. But yeah. I've got this month alone, so we've got Five Fest, um, which I'm opening next Sunday, so a week today. Um, I'm opening that Silverburn Park and leaving. And there's cover bands, so I think definitely Oasis and stuff like that are playing the bills. So it's a sort of cover bands, and then they've got local bands that are playing, um, and local musicians that are playing and opening the, the festival. Right. Um, then got the True North Festival of Aberdeen, which Travis are playing a gig at Music Hall in Aberdeen. Yeah. So just playing the pubs, you know, and I know for a fact it's going to be a fantastic thing. I know how they've got it. You know, I got contacted to play that. So that was quite a... Oh, fantastic. That was quite an honour. I'd done a gig in Aberdeen maybe two or three days before I got the offer for that. And mm-hmm. it just felt like, whoa, I've been, I've been recognised for something. And then we've got October Glasgow playing 13th Note again, which was amazing the last time. Then we're playing a gig in Dundee, hometown gig, which will be the last one of the year. And then we've got... I've got two good Dundee gigs in October. I've got a festival that I'm playing, Face Music Festival, for which is a charity thing. Then we've got Dundee, and then we've got Anstruther, and then there's nothing penciled in after that. So I wouldn't say it's the last gig of the year because I'll probably get something November, December. But... Yeah. 
Yes, it is- that's that's the plans for the sort of the immediate sort of you know what's that it's about eight 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 to ten weeks or so, isn't it roughly? So yeah. certainly certainly sounds really exciting, and um, especially the festivals. Obviously, you mentioned playing with Travis, albeit being on the same bill as them. I mean, that's obviously very very exciting uh, opportunity. So kind of like then, what what do you prefer? Do you prefer being on stage and playing live? Um, or do you more prefer being in the studio and recording new music and sort of seeing, you know, sounds like quite a, you know, a very good process that you've got there, they're involved in, in doing that. Um, yeah. So what's, what's kind of like the, the, you know, your, your sort of preference really. Definitely live. Um, for the reason that, I mean, I love doing studio recordings and I love putting them out, but you don't, you don't get the same buzz within the studio that you do live. I mean, I've played to crowds where you've got every single person sounding a song back to you. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, that was the case at Kingeni Festival where I'd done a cover of Sunshine on Leith and had the entire room singing. <laughs> that stuff that that stuff you can't you can't predict and you can't sort of capture that magic in the studio. Yeah. And you know, I've been very fortunate with the gigs that I've done this year and the people that I've supported that have had the big followings and then it's more eyeballs. And then when you sing a song good you know, the people get involved in it. So when I, when I start singing and go on a stage, if there's no one really singing back, it's like, oh, God, what's it feeling? But when you've got an entire crowd that are going crazy for you, it's like, whoa. It's a humbling experience. I mean, I supported Pete Smith at church in Dundee. Pete Smith's a local musician, mm-hmm. really musician. And we'd supported him uh, at church, and I just had this whole entire section of the crowd going absolutely mental. At the end, we got got a standing at the the end, which for me, because it was my first time playing church and first time playing a proper big gig there, yeah, it was crazy. And then I supported Knackered and Hunter S. Thompson, which is a small venue, and that was mental in Glasgow. So yeah, definitely live live performances for me. I prefer them because it's just you'll know yourself going to a gig that there's more buzz, and when you see something that's working hard, you get excited by it. And I know certainly for me. I would, I would class myself as a hard worker, but I've also got to stay humble here when I say that. Um, I class myself as a hard worker on stage, and I definitely someone that if I see the crowd going mental for it, I'll rally them up. Yeah, that's what you've got to do. Sure. I mean, just obviously, obviously at the moment, is is obviously you know solo artist. It's obviously just just you on the stage. So in the future, do you think you might consider, uh, you know, maybe like what a couple of other solo artists have done and sort of gone go and get a you know, a, a full band backing, you know, uh, backing you up? Or, or do you think that's not not in the immediate, sort of maybe more of a, lo- a long-term thing, if uh, if at all, consideration? Definitely something I'm working on at the minute. I'm going to keep that sort of tight because you know, I'm kind of keeping it under wraps at the minute. Yeah, but sure. It's definitely something I want to do, get a band, because I feel like there's a lot of the songs that I've got that perhaps, you know, the wider public haven't really heard, but people that have come to my gigs have that would just sound 10 times better with, with a band behind me. Right. And I also think that I'm the kind of person that if I get a band together, it's it'll have my name on the tin, but it's everybody in the band, you know. I think there's a yeah. lot of artists, there's a big one like that, that his band members are his friends and it's very tight-knit family. And I've always said that when in any of my sort of ad posts for, for other musicians to come on the bill, it's been the exact same I want to keep someone that's tight knit as a family. Like I, you know, as a solo artist, you want exposure and you want people to sort of, you know, listen to your music and stuff like that. But for me, at the same time, you know, I'd much rather if I had a band that were also looking to do other stuff in music. And people are quite controversial with this, where if they've got a band on the go, they don't want anyone else to have it. And it's like, 
you know, if anybody comes in my band and they end up getting something, they get a bit of exposure for me and then go and do something else, I'll be happy because I've helped that. Yeah, and yeah. I've helped build their music career up at the same time as they've helped build mine up. So it's a win-win situation with that. But yeah, definitely something I'm looking at. It's a difficult process, though, um, getting a band together. <laughs> we in Dundee, there's, there's a very big shortage of bass players and drummers. And it's very hard to get them on board. Guitarists, I've, I'll drop yeah. the hint that I've got a guitarist on board at the minute. Um, <laughs> but that, that's how you're, that's how you're getting. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I get a band. I get a band and... <laughs> Brilliant. Great stuff there. So, obviously, as you know, here at This Is The Music, we like to shine a light on bands and artists like yourselves who are, you know, are trying to make their way um on on the new music scene as it's sort of referred to um so kind of like over the last sort of 12 months or so who which bands or, or maybe a solo artist has kind of like caught caught your attention that you're you know that you're really listening to at the moment tell you who has i've got a few actually um this is how amazing what you're doing is and you know i'll probably say this on behalf of every musician out there that you know big massive thank you for having us on obviously doing the podcasts <laughs> Doing the, doing the interviews, doing the you know the radio plays and whatnot. Public Eye really caught my eye uh, when I released mm. Your Understanding because it was the first time I'd been played on your your channel and yeah. I'd um I just heard one of the songs and I was like whoa, hang on a minute. And then when you told me you said how young they were, I was like <laughs> blown yeah. away. I've kind of been following them over the last wee while. Um, Heavy North that you done the podcast with as well yeah. a couple really really like their stuff really good band and you know i enjoyed actually listening to the podcast with that as well oh thank you columbia are another one that phenomenal absolutely phenomenal get themselves up to scotland and you know let's see them but yeah yeah i think i i can't really you know as much as i'm saying other bands but i think everyone that you put on the the bills or you know on your playlists and radio stations have been fantastic um, I mean, even for myself, actually, the reason that I, you know, got in contact was you'd you'd supported Blether when they'd released their first single, and then it was like, oh, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and then and then we just yeah, and I was and here we are doing the wee podcast together. It's class, love it. Yeah. Oh well, f- well, well. Thank you. I think it's the first person that says that that, that said that I I know what I'm doing. I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm very well, happy to hear that. But because <laughs> um, I'd got a review on from it was on daily playlist and just submitted it for for a sort of playlist and stuff like that. And I had a guy that's put in or a girl or whoever right but they put in the boxes where they give feedback on performance and stuff like that they put it all like two stars and one stars and then they put in what can the artist improve on like just this spam h h h h h h and i was like this guy call yourself a reviewer you know so there's a lot of people out there that there's a lot of people out there that don't do it right or don't know what they're doing but no i can have to say that you definitely do know what you're doing so oh, geez, thank it's, you very much appreciate that mate love that i'm gonna i'm gonna put that over me um on, on, across me stories and everything and me reels and everything just to go there you go <laughs> mark speller and uh an apostrophes or whatever uh knows what he's doing that's, that's, <laughs> So, um, what would you say has been like your proudest moment so far in 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 music since you've obviously been doing the whole, you know, the whole solo thing? 
There's a lot actually. Um, we've got plenty of time, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got all the time in the world, my man. <laughs> that's that's what I like to hear. Yeah, the, I think this whole thing's been proud, has uh, made me proud because I've went from. I mean, let's actually talk about getting into music as well because that's quite one of those things that's made me proud, and I guess it'll help other people, you know, including yourself as well, realize just how crazy everything's been, how far we've actually come. Um, so four years ago, when I. Yeah. Started writing songs four years, yeah, because I was almost 17. Yeah, four years ago. So I've been playing guitar since I was 14, and I ended decided when I was like 17 to try my hand at writing songs. And I didn't really write songs as you know, in the traditional way that people pen down lyrics and or write it in notes and stuff like that. I just sang, and that was it. But the issue was, I was a decent guitar player, but I couldn't sing. You know, I, I couldn't like, I think it's hard for people to understand that. To even two years ago, I couldn't sing. I couldn't get any sort of power in my voice. I didn't have any sort of tune in my voice. There was nothing, you know. I was just out of it. And so two years ago, I'd tried to get into a band and, you know, just as a guitarist. And then I got rejected from that. And it was like, right, the only way I'm ever going to do anything with music, if I want to do something with music, because at that time it was, yeah, don't know if I want to do music, don't know if I'm ready to put myself out there. Yeah. Make this sound like an X Factor sort of story, by the way. But <laughs> just, um, so then I got to like February 2020, just before everything all kicked off. I was like, right, let's do it. Let's do it. What have I got to lose? You know, what have I got? Like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. At least I can say, yeah, I tried my hand at music. So we played my first open mic night and it was great. I enjoyed it. I got asked to come back. So it was like, oh, that's actually quite good. I, I must not be too bad. Yeah. Two weeks later, we're going to lockdown. And it's like, for goodness sake, you know, just gonna act. <laughs> but I also seen it as a blessing because I was like, right, I can actually get it working here and get writing some songs. So we wrote a few songs, put a few SoundCloud releases out, and they weren't recorded. It was all sort of recorded on the phone and using yeah. you know, apps and stuff. And I didn't really get much bite, but I got a listen in Canada and I was like, ah, that's that'll do for me. And it wasn't until I got to like the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. Now, weather, if you don't know, are actually part of my best friends. So the lead singer, Dylan, is my best friend. And he's been a huge help with, with music over the last, ever since I got in, you know, he was the first person I ever sent one of my songs to. And, mm -hmm. you know, from there, it just it just built on best yeah, friends. Sure. It's good when you've got someone like that that is so heavily involved in music as well. So, you know, he'd kind of pushed me and, you know, said, look, you've got all this sort of ability and um, you know, because I didn't really see it, I was just like, yeah, it's just a bit of fun for me, you know. Just enjoy doing it. And then we released summer. I've done summer, and then the sort of feedback from that was really good, and that kind of spurred me on. I've done a wee thing with East Kilbride Universal Connections, um, but a guy that you actually played on your channel, uh, Jay Malley. Yeah. Uh, Jay. Good guy, Jay's fantastic. He ran the East. Well, I think he still does. He ran the East Kilbride Universal Connections and Mobilize Music Project. Um, they had like a wee thing with open mics that were doing online over Zoom. So I was quite heavily involved with that when I found out about it. And then they came through to Dundee. So this was one of the proudest moments that I'd done. They came through to Dundee and I'd done a wee sort of acoustic set at Magdalen Green, which is this big, massive grassland in Dundee. And it's just beautiful. It's got beautiful views of the Tay, which is a river. Yeah. So done a wee thing there. And then September 2021, we got into doing open mics. There was a place called The Barrelman in Dundee, and they were hosting open mic. And it was actually by a guy called Jamie Button, who's an up-and-coming star in 
uh, Glasgow and uh, not even Glasgow, but Scotland in general. Mm-hmm. And then Stuart James played touch last night. Big shout out to him. <laughs> These are all my friends, by the way. Yeah, and, yeah, no, hey, go for it. And then James Andrew met them on the same night, and from there I've just met like so many big people. So 2021 was just practically getting songs out there and doing open mics, and then 2022 I got a, a, a sort of last minute. Um, I sent a wee sort of. In fact, I didn't send it in. It was actually Arcade State that sent me. Um, I sent me a wee thing saying, "Look, there's there's a guy looking for a gig in Aberdeen," and I was like, "I've not played it at Dundee. I've not done a support act, but again, as I say, you know, as I said when I first got into music, what have I got to lose?" Yeah. So. Yeah. More active in Aberdeen, and then I kind of got kind of went quiet for a bit, but I did get more eyeballs on me. I noticed, got asked to go back up to Aberdeen, and then from there it's been crazy. I went away on a week holiday to Tenerife in May, and ever since that it's just been manic, absolutely yeah. manic. Got asked to support Pete Smith at church, and that was a biblical because that was a place I'd been wanting to play ever since I got into music, and I was like. How did I get to church? Who's who's looking for support acts? Mm-hmm. He was very kind enough to take me under his wing and you know sort of help me with that gig and we done that gig and then after that got asked to play an air which is five hour rim trip from my house so it was quite a long drive down there but it was worth it. Supported knackered the next night and then July was when it all really kicked off and I got asked to play Glasgow and it was a place that I'd been wanting to play all year. It was like because that's where the Scottish music scene is, you know. If, you know, a lot of people would be watching that might not necessarily be from Scotland. That's where yeah. everything's happening, is Glasgow. Glasgow's mm-hmm. the biggest place. I mean, it's, it goes with that question. You know, that's where Oasis played their first gig and ended up getting signed. Yeah. But that's where everything happens. All the venues in Glasgow, all the best music's in Glasgow. Um, so when I got asked to play that, I was like a kid in a toy shop. And I was just sort of like, is this, is this happening? Is this real? And then what? what was the probably the proudest moment from that was I came in the built very late so I don't think I sold very many tickets to be honest mm. I'm not lie about that but we'd actually ended up managing to sell it out and yep. it's full and I just found that like whoa I've not played a gig outside of you know I've only played a handful of gigs outside of Dundee mm-hmm. we go to Glasgow for the first gig and it ends up selling out so it was quite a it's quite a sort of party fever mode, and then we played in Thirteenth Note, which is a very small venue, really good venue. Played downstairs at Thirteenth Note, and then it it was just one of the best nights I've ever had. And then from there, it's just been even crazier. It all led up to yesterday, and then we done yesterday, and it was like it's like you know when you start something. You start off, and I'm gonna say this as a sort of you know inspiration for any young musicians that are watching this and or listening to this or whatever. The number one thing is right. You set yourself a goal, then you eventually get to that goal. It's like whoa! But all it's ever done, even from yesterday, it's like I've still got a lot of work to do yeah. till I I want to go, and I don't know where I want to go yet. <laughs> I, I know where <laughs> like King, King Tuts is the the sort of pinnacle that's my absolute goal and that's always been my absolute goal from when I got into music I always say whatever happens after that happens after that but you know I've got a lot of work to put in but you start feeling like there's a bit of dreams coming you know there's when you dream for something like I and say this again for some inspiration last year I dreamed to get a song out on Spotify now we've got four well this year I dreamed to play Glasgow now I'm going to do it again and it's like everything I've said I'm going to do I've done but not to anybody, because I don't say to anybody, I'm going to do this, because I'm not... Yeah, 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 yeah. 
in my head I'm like I'm going to do this I'm going to do this and then eventually it's happened so it's been that's my proud moment this entire music thing that I've done from not knowing how to sing two years ago to getting to where I am today is the proud thing and then everything else that's came in between it is like you know it's a humbling thing really is a humbling thing to go from you know not playing to anybody to play and I think my biggest sort of venue was was 80 and then with Duncan Genny Festival which was 100 yesterday I think it was about 50 to 75 people or something like that so yeah the entire the entire process is crazy and as they say we're only getting started so <laughs> absolutely and there's um there's obviously some great some great memories in there um and, and, and moments as well um and obviously as you say you're only just getting started so uh you know long long may those uh you know memories you know continue to grow and and obviously the, and that means obviously that the music and uh, has obviously grown and got heard by you know more um more people uh along along the way so um we're just going to leave the music chat uh for a moment and we're going to talk uh football um so, so i know that you support uh dundee united oh uh, well, i knew this was going to come <laughs> i knew this was coming <laughs> and uh, and I think it's probably fair to say uh, that you've you've had a pretty pretty tough start to the season. Um, obviously, yeah. for for those that maybe don't know, uh, Dundee are currently bottom uh, of the SPL. Uh, we've obviously just a couple of points from from the six games. So you did get a, a decent nil nil draw yesterday against Motherwell. I saw um, you've got a goal difference of minus sixteen, which includes a, a, a nine nil uh, defeat against Celtic, and obviously you lost seven one. Uh, in the Europa League uh, to AZ Alkmaar. Um, so to kind of like what's what's gone wrong? Because obviously you had a really good... <laughs> you, you tell me. Year. You tell me. Well, this time last season, I, I actually seen it. We had something like three wins and a draw or something like three wins and two defeats or something like that. And we were third, fourth in the league. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a crazy... I mean, I went to the... the played Alkmaar at home and won 1-0 and I was thinking, came away from that game thinking... Tell you what, United have got a good team, and then they they fell apart. Which I think, yeah, fell apart. Played Livingston at home, got beat one nil, and then played Alkmaar in the return leg. And it was annoying because I was sat my girlfriend's uh, father, well, girlfriend's father's uh, Aberdeen fan, and so was her brother. So sat there with an Aberdeen fan, and obviously there's a rivalry between United and Aberdeen. Not a big one, but there's there's a rivalry. It's called the New Firm, and. Let's just say it's, there were some not very nice things said from Aberdeen. <laughs> I've to watch it with an Aberdeen fan the entire time. Was like, oh, for goodness' sake, I have to put up with that. But do you know, you know, I've watched, I've supported United all my life, and um, you know, it's it's even worse than what we called the banter years, which were two thousand fifteen all the way through to two thousand nineteen when we actually got back up to the the Premiership, but. It's it's been a very very tough watch. Um, we played well in the week. We won two one away at Livingston, which is always a traditionally tough place to go for United because it's plastic pitches. Um, yeah. I don't know how that works. I know you support West Ham, so you might not necessarily get much mm-hmm. of an experience of that in the Premier League or even you know all the way down to League Two. But yeah, plastic pitches are an absolute nightmare. There's a few grounds in Scotland that've got them. Um, Kilmarnock is the place where we've got our one point from this season Livingston's the other but yeah yesterday against Motherwell we we, we struggled a lot um, we were dominated I mean they've been they're a really fresh team because they've just got a brand new manager in as well but we we, we rolled our luck a little bit could have been 5-0 Motherwell but 
we're good. We got a point, but it's yeah, it's been crazy because I mean, last season we we started so well, then we kind of dropped off from Christmas right through to about March, but we still kept getting results and kept getting points. Mm-hmm. And it mattered. Beat Rangers last season, which is always a big result, um, yeah. especially with the golf and you know not only quality but in terms of prize money and stuff. Yeah, I think we'd we'd lost maybe twice to Celtic. We got two 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 points from Celtic last season, which. It's important at any level because you've got Celtic that will finish on probably about 85 points and then Rangers that will finish on about 80. And then you have the other teams that will get 50, 60 60 points, 60 points probably max. But last year, I guess, we we rode our luck a lot because the rest of the league quality were awful. You've got teams like Aberdeen that the season before that finished fourth, finished 10th last season, but there was only something like four or five points between you know, 10th and where we finished in 4th and got the yeah. European spot. And then between United in 4th and then Hearts in 3rd, there was something like 10, 12 points or something like that. So there's a real, I mean, you won't really see it. You might see that a little bit in the Premier League between the sort of bottom clubs. But in terms of the Scottish League, there's Rangers and Celtic. I don't want to be criticising because there'll be a lot of Rangers Celtic fans on here, but <laughs> a lot of there's Rangers Celtic who get TV right money through their eyeballs. They've obviously traditionally been really good teams. You can't take yeah. that away from them, especially in Europe. But the the rest of the golf and quality between Rangers Celtic and the rest of the league is absolutely crazy. And I've seen this stat that for every one pound Hibs make or something like that, Rangers earn seven seventy, which is an wow. absolute madness um it's absolutely madness and what the issue is there's a lot of i'm not going to say too much about bias and corruption within football but it's been seen over many years and the, the common thing and you know if you're a fan if you follow twitter and you follow rangers feeds or you just follow scottish feeds in general there's a common thing here that penalty rangers because they almost certainly whenever they're losing whenever it's a big game on the line or whenever there's a team that's doing really well in Scotland, there's always a penalty given to Rangers. Celtic are bad for it, but it's not as widely reported as what is Rangers. I suppose there's more hate for Rangers than there is for Celtic, but that's that's what it is. But no, Sporting United is a, is a bit of a chore at the minute. We've got some good players. The thing is, we've got some good players in that team that, you know, there's players that should be performing well. I mean, you've seen it with West Ham over the years that, you know, you've got a good team, a good sort of setup, but there's there's players in that team that ne- aren't necessarily performing. And I think for United, that's exactly the thing. You've got players like Tony Watt, who I've been very critical of over the last sort of couple of weeks because he's not really pulled his weight. And then, you know, the Celtic game, let's talk about that because I know that you're going to ask the question, you know, what happened with Celtic? Now, with Celtic, you know, we've had a lot of drubbings over the years. Um, we got used to get beat 5-0 off them all the time. I think one of the games, I remember, when we actually had a good team, we still ended up losing 6-1, 6-2, and then you'd get the odd result against Celtic, depending on your given day. But the 9-0, I think what's happened was that Jack Ross came in and he's already got a bad reputation as a manager um, for he'll start off good, he'll maybe turn up for one or two games and then that's him. He was like that at Sunderland. They got them to the playoffs and then they absolutely bottled the, the League One playoff final. Happened at Hibs. They got themselves to a to a League Cup final and then the Hibs board decided he wasn't the man to lead them in the final. And still lost, but you know they probably would have lost by a lot more. But yeah, you, should, you noticed in there that there was players in there that weren't trusting each other, that they weren't 
confident. The back line were nowhere to be seen. We had one good chance the entire game at the second minute mark. Yeah. Game delayed for nine minutes or whatever it was, and then they end up scoring their first goal. And then it was just free throw from there. It was like these players know they're losing. They know the manager. They're blaming the manager. They're putting the manager to blame and all that sort of stuff. And then they decided, right, we'll just we'll dim our tools and then we'll see what happens from there. And it, you know, there's a big gap in difference between Celtic and United. There's no denying that. But when you're playing a team that you got a draw off on the second last game of the season last season, mm-hmm. a team that you went to Parkhead, we played them twice at Parkhead last season, or Celtic Park as it's commonly called, but not to us, it's Parkhead. Yeah, we played the first game there and got a point. We played the second game there, conceded a 90th minute equaliser when we probably had the better of the chances, and then got beat 3 0 at Tannadice or whatever the score was. I cast my mind back to that, mm-hmm. which was a third victory. So to concede nine at any level, you know, we, we could have went out there, we could have been amateurs and lost 9 0, fair enough, but a professional football team, mm-hmm. that you're, um, you know, say your professional t- football team and lose 9 0. And it was also bad because we've got the Dundee fans across the road. Now, United and Dundee. <laughs> it's commonly been stated by a certain Danny Dyer that he couldn't get his head around how close the two grounds were. And, you know, even if you're a United fan, it's like, whoa, you know, at one end of the corner, you've got Tannadice in the shed. The next other corner, you've got Dens. So it's when you see the boys across the road having a pop, it's kind of degrading. But they're kind. Of, they're having their own wee struggles. They're in the championship, so they're in the league below us, and they're sat something like third or fourth with probably the most expensive team in the league. So, <laughs> well, at least you've still got the bragging rights over them. I've <laughs> got the bragging rights. We've still got the bragging rights. I mean, they seem to forget that whenever we get you know absolutely drubbed, that we've beat them six two twice in the last seven years. Yeah. Both at home. So until they get a big victory like that, I mean, the last victory was five years ago. The last victory at Tannadice was eighteen years ago. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's still as bad as it is for us. It could be a lot worse. Could support the water across the road. <laughs> Brilliant! I absolutely love it. So, um, uh, obviously, obviously, you mentioned Jack Rostell. Obviously, he's he's been uh, well, been let go, sacked, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use. And obviously, you've got a sort of uh, Liam Fox and he is the sort of caretaker manager. Do you think the club will appoint him permanently or do you think they're going to maybe look, um, you know, you know, outside of the current current setup? I couldn't tell you. What I would say is with Fox, I mean, I can't criticise Liam Fox by any chance. You know, he's coming, he's taking a job that's a difficult job to take. You know, he led the team on Tuesday, sorry, Wednesday, and, you know, he got us to got us to win he got the players playing a little bit better and I think maybe it was just a Jack Ross thing they didn't want to have him mm-hmm. I personally think he'll keep his job um, that's Adam Ashgar who is the sporting director who we all absolutely despise um, he that was his son and that's his son leaving the club and that do you know what I mean his son's leaving the club when he probably would have got the manager job handed to him on a plate and that's him that. leaving that's not really saying a lot I think what we're liked with Duncan Ferguson and I would take him in a heartbeat for the reason that all those sort of big player egos in that club will be gone within a heartbeat. Because as soon as Big Dunk gets in there, any back chat get heated. So that's what we say. Get a wee sort of headbutt. Yeah, but obviously, no... he'd, yeah, it'd be a great shot. Obviously, not not uh, let, uh, left the um, uh, Everton. Obviously, been there for quite a few years, hasn't he? After they went to uh, to Frank Lampard. So yeah, would 
would be, you know, look at, he's off looking to cut, get his teeth into management. So I think, yeah, why not get ask the question? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, if you've got a manager that can strip back to basis, I mean, look at Manchester United, for instance, um, especially mm-hmm. to, you know, the way that they, they play now is exactly how that should be a recipe for how clubs are able to bounce back from sort of obscurity or, you know, in, in difficult times. I mean, you you could ask me three weeks ago, would United play, play a good team when they played Brentford and got beat 4-0 from them? <laughs> you know, if you asked me back then and said, right, United will be a good team in the next couple of weeks, I'd have asked, nah, probably not. But what they've done is they've realised, right, we've got good players here. Put the good players in, Malasia, Martinez, Varane. They've all played and they look solid together. Ericsson, fantastic signing. Yeah. They've Anthony today. I mean, they just, Arsenal looked, may have been the better team, but United were better by the chances. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how much of the ball you have. It's about how you get it in the back of the net. And that needs to be the fundamentals for United. You need to realise that, you know what, we'll, we can beat anybody on a day. I mean, there's players in that team that man for man are better than a lot of the squads in this country. And, mm. you know, you strip it back to basics, play possession football and just focus on getting as many goals. We could be off the bottom of the league. I mean, Ross Kent, you're only something like three points off us. Yeah. And if we, get to, if we can get to 10th, you know, there's still a long part of the season to go. There's still something like 32 games left to play. So there's a lot left. It's not looking great just now, but if we can get a manager and we'll just strip back the basics, no big ego players, players that want to play for the shirt, get in the club, fine by me. We'll probably be fine from that and benefit from that. But I think what's happened is we've signed two ex-Celtic players, Mulgrew, who I praised the last season. He was absolutely fantastic for us. And, you know, he always has been, but he's got a big ego on him. Tony Watt's got a big ego on him. Mm. A lot of these players are thinking, yeah, well, I've been here this whole time. That means that automatically means that I'm a good player. It doesn't count for anything, you know. I suppose it'd be like if Declan Rice, you know, although he is loyal to West Ham, you know, given his credit, it'd be like if he came in, got an offer from, say, Chelsea, and it was like 50, 60, 70, 80 million, and he automatically thought, ah, oh, well, I'm cool because it doesn't matter who I play because I've got Chelsea offering 70 million, 80 million bids in for me. And I think that there's egos like that need to be sort of stamped out. Look, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters what you do on the pitch every single week. If you play good, Good, you get a chance, but that's that's not that's not what's happening at United at the moment, and that's why we're we're sort of struggling. Uh, great, great summary there, and uh, you know, in, an an interesting viewpoint um, as well about about Scottish football uh, in general. So we've got a couple of um, sort of quick fire questions for you now. Um, so, what's your favourite pizza topping? Favourite pizza topping? Hmm, tough one. Um... I'm kind of pineapple now. I'm joking. I'm not a pineapple guy at all. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> no, I quite, I quite, I, just, I could just quite like beef. You know what I mean? Just like sort of ground beef on a pizza, especially if you go to Domino's or whatnot and get that. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I mean, the, this, the thing is, you ask these quick fire questions, and when I get asked questions, I always go in depth of things. But <laughs> I've had, I've had the best bench on my pizza yesterday, vibration, um, and it was black pudding and caramelized onion, and you know, a breakfast thing on a pizza. It might wow. not always be the best thing, but when you get black pudding, when you get black pudding on a pizza, it's it just makes it even more phenomenal. So wow, I've yeah. not heard of that combo before. That that's uh, that's a new one on me. <laughs> and um, what's your what's your alcoholic drink of choice? Does it all on Coke? Rum on Coke, nice. Does it all on Coke or even rum? Like 
you know, you can have Desirono, nice wee liqueur, or I can go with Kraken, either one of the two. Yeah, yeah, sure. Great, great choices. Uh, so you're in charge of putting on a festival. Uh, you can pick five bands. Who are you going to choose? Oh, a difficult question. <laughs> uh, no. Let's let's keep this right. Um, we've got and, it, and 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 if it and if it makes it easy for you, sorry, it can be uh, you know, either you know, very well known bands, or it can be you know, sort of new bands or or sort of artists that, that are sort of starting well, out. Whatever you want to pick. What I'll do, right? Let's break this into two little sections because I know I say it's quick fire, but you say we've got all the time in the world to discuss these <laughs> things, right? So what I'll do is I'll do sort of um, you know, made up bands like bands that are sort of there and at big stages and stuff like that so Radiohead War on Drugs let's go out and get Oasis back together Oasis <laughs> back uh, so Radiohead so I think who else Fontaine's DC were amazing when I seen them live yeah. and I'm trying to think of another band as well let's throw Queens of the Stone Age in just for that little different mix in there so yeah. War on Drugs Oasis Radiohead Fontaine's DC and then Queens of the Stone Age. So just a big sort of mix. And with the newer bands, um, I'm going to say Dictator, Shambolics. Yeah, two Scott bands the there. Love Shams up. Uh, Columbia, yeah, put Columbia in there. Um, Heavy North. And let's go our very good friends, Blether. Let's put them in there. Because I think, I think just the way they're going as well, you know, they've got to be in there. But Dictator, fantastic band, honestly. Mm, yeah, they're they're um they're flying. I think it's fair to say at the moment. Obviously, EP came out just a couple of days ago as well. So, hey, great great choices there. Um, both both at both ends of the scale, as you said. So, if you could um introduce one cover song that maybe you haven't played uh so far in in any of your sets, uh, what would you choose? Tough one, very very tough one. Everything's a tough one. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I've always been a big fan of uh, Eva Cassidy's songbird. Well, obviously it's a Fleetwood Mac song originally, but I yeah. just think her version as well is just the best version yeah, of it. Yeah, and that's that's even me. Like I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan, and even I say that Eva Cassidy's version just like outshines it. So I would absolutely love to play that live. Um, if I ever got the chance, but yeah. Yeah, probably that one. Mate, great, great choice, and I, and I think I I agree with you there. The Eva Cassidy version is 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 top notch. Uh, I think it's fair to say. So what's what's kind of like next then for you? Because you've mentioned um you know you've got a run of gigs and and, and festivals sort of over the, like the next well sort of about eight weeks or so up until like bit sort of October time. Um, are we going? Is there going to be any more sort of um uh, you know like new music um in that period or or maybe after that? What, what are the plans? There might be music, there might not be. <laughs> it's, it's music, but I, I don't know in the immediate future. Um, I mean, the next thing I've got planned is an EP, but I'm not going to put a time frame on it because it's one of those things that I want to make sure it's 100% right before I put it out. Like, I've got the songs written, but I just want to make sure that it's the right songs I'm putting onto it and not just something that isn't going to capture people's attention. So that's yeah. probably next. My, my goals... I don't like usually sharing them out loud, but I'm going to share them out loud because I think this is the kind of the place to do it. Um, so my goal is to keep this up till 2023, and then 2023 I want to go get further afield. And I've always been saying that this year I want to get further afield at my hometown. I've done that, 
next year I want to get with Scotland. I want to, as much as I love Scotland, I want to keep playing in Scotland, but I also want to get, I want to get a gig in South. I want to play. I've just seen a band in Dundee, I'm sharing a bill with Red Vanilla. They're playing in Switzerland, and that's a huge inspiration in me because I want to go down and play anywhere in Europe that I can get. You know, yeah. I've, said, I've always said to everybody, and I continue to say this, I'll play anywhere. You just tell me. Just tell me where it is, and I'll play. Yeah, I've yeah. So Europe's probably the, the biggest goal of mine for next year. Whether or not it's going to happen, it's probably, out of anything, the hardest thing to get sort of real and the hardest thing to make happen. But it's a it's a goal of mine. So we've just got to keep pushing on from here. I've you know, been fortunate enough to share the bills with so many talented artists this year. And then obviously the sort of bigger names like Charlton's and Zutons. Yeah with Travis so I'd love to keep that going on till 2023 and into 2023 and you know let's see where it takes us but I've been been very fortunate this year I'm very happy with how this year's went I just want to keep it going now I'm on that wave so I want to keep it riding on that wave yeah hi there's some um some great ambitions in there and I don't think there's anything wrong at all with having that obviously and as you said earlier on in the podcast obviously you've set yourself some goals and and ambitions and obviously each time you've done it what you wanted to do and then you've reset you know and you've gone again and um I, I think that is absolutely fantastic to as I say absolutely fantastic to have that um that is unfortunately the end of the podcast um Callum thank you so much for giving up your evening and coming on um it's been fantastic finally getting to talk to you face to face rather than um just on the uh, the dms etc on on social media it's been a fan- I've really really enjoyed it it's been a great insight into you and 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 how as I just mentioned there that you know you're seeing your ambitions you know keep coming to life and and how you've gone about achieving that um, just before you go, um, can you let the listeners know uh, what social media platforms you are on and your handles? So I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I'm now on Twitter. Um, I'm also on TikTok, you know, for the younger sort of listeners. <laughs> well, actually saying that, everybody's on TikTok these days, so let's not put <laughs> to the youngsters. But um, you can find me on social media platforms, Callum Gibson Music, on both Facebook and Instagram. You can find me, Callum Gib Music, J-I-B, because I'm not allowed to put Gibson because it's too long on Twitter. So that's on Twitter, Callum Gibson Music. And then TikTok, I think someone like Callum Gibson Music as well. You can find me on there. Um, other than that, the main place to find my music is Spotify. So Callum Gibson for my Spotify. Just type it into the dark and then you'll find it in the dark get that streamed tell your friends tell your co-workers tell anybody you know but yeah <laughs> find me you can find me on all those places absolutely i couldn't agree with you more there about the uh the streaming the streaming side of things as, as you've just mentioned and and we'll obviously we're going to include um those handles in our in the episode bio uh, as well just to make it a little bit easier for people to find you um obviously as we've said throughout this podcast uh callum's new single into the dark um is out now um, and is available to stream across all of the usual streaming and and download platforms, um, of course, as well. Um, so all that leaves me to say um, is thank you to everyone who has tuned in to the latest This Is The Music Meets podcast. Um, and thank you as well to Callum um, for coming on. And uh, hopefully when you get down down south, um, I'll be able to, to come along um, as well. And I'll, as I say, hopefully see you somewhere down the road very, very soon. Absolutely. We'll see you all later and a big thank you to everyone that's tuned in as well.